Welcome back to Between the Lines. Today is a great day. I'm here with my co-host, Kobe. What up? What up, bro? Today is March 1st. It is finally March. This is a podcast revolving around sports. It is the NBA season right now. We'll be talking mainly about that. But soon enough, it'll be March Madness. We got baseball starting. Free agency for NFL. The New Year's almost here. But today, we got NBA Last time on our pod, we did the Eastern Conference predictions. This time on the agenda, we got the Western Conference predictions, award predictions, and always following with our hot take. So let's get right into it. Yeah, speaking of March, dude, I am so excited for March Madness. This is going to be a good one. I don't even know who to pick right now. I'm going to be honest. There's been so many upsets. Yeah, it seems like every time the number one team gets the first seed, they lose. Yeah. It's it's been unbelievable this season, but can't wait. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a in a pod in the future. Coming up soon though, for sure. Earlier it was a crazy weekend of hoops. Paul George and Joel Embiid made two game winning threes after the buzzer. Trey Young hit a game winner. Lakers had a twenty seven point comeback. Raptors played the Pistons before I woke up. <laughs> I also had not waken up yet. <laughs> so early. It was way too early. But the game we want to mainly focus on is the second-highest-scoring game of all time, the Kings vs. Clippers, very late Friday night. Did you catch this game? Man, I cannot miss this game. Are you serious? <laughs> it was so late. This was an unbelievable game. I I was very tired watching this game. Me too. But at the same time, I was so locked in because it was such a good game. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was one of the most entertaining games. And damn, dude, De'Aaron Fox is on a tear. In his last, like, seven games... He's averaging about 34 points. I talked about it on the last pod, but I'm going to bring it up again because, dude, he's a he's balling right now. And him and Monk have just been a great duo. They were a great duo in Kentucky, and they're looking great on the Kings right now. Sabonis, double-double machine. Light the beam. They're they're making me look stupid right now with uh, my prediction. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. I mean, Plumlee had back-to-back turnovers late in that game, and Westbrook also fouled out. But uh, that last possession, what do you think about it? It was Norman Powell ice-swing. They had like four seconds left. They inbound to Norman Powell. He ice-sowed for like two or three seconds. Then and then hit Batum. Like, yeah, passed to Batum. And I mean, it kicking it to Batum is, is a good idea, but, I mean, he couldn't even put the ball back down to get a full shot. He basically just caught it and had to flick it. And... uh yeah, it wasn't the greatest play design, but the Kings played really good defense. They knew what they wanted to do. And yeah, it was just a really, really fun game to watch. A thing that I took away most is that Kawhi Leonard's back, baby. He's back. The claw. He, the claw, he looks so good. He uh he looked like he had his mojo back. He looked like he had he had his uh his stamina back and he was able to go for forty six minutes, I I believe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and he was in his bag, dude. Between the legs, step back three, that was disgusting. Double team. A- after that, I was like, oh, man, this guy's back. Yeah, it's exciting to see because you can't not like Kawhi Leonard. He's a fun guy. Robot. <laughs> hey, Russell Westbrook had fun. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Win, lose, or Win die. or lose, as long as you have fun, guys. That's the important thing. <laughs> all right, so let's That's get- why his ass got shipped out. 
so let's get into our Western Conference predictions. If you did not tune into the last podcast, we did our Eastern Conference predictions for where they will end up as the seeds. Today we'll be going through the West. This is going to be much tougher. Our East. Uh, They're pretty similar. Pretty much the it's same. It's pretty easy, yeah. yeah. I feel like this one be a lot mixed up. Yep, super tight. Teams are super so tight. Close. West. Even the bottom was hard to start. So who you got to start us off with at fifteen? Well, real quick before we start, I think we forgot one thing. Damian Lillard, seventy-one points. Are you serious? <laughs> that man got drug tested in the locker room right after the game. They had that. They had that ready. That's crazy. And I just want to hear what you got to say, dude. Dame's your favorite player. I mean, first of all, the Rockets, man, Steven Silas should be fired. Like, everyone goes off against him, it seems like. Exactly. You're not going to throw a single double team at Dame when he's got 41 at half. Yeah, that's the first time. I mean, you're just going (laughs) to – he finally eventually threw a double team when Dame was at 60. Right. A little too late, but, <laughs> I mean, I guess he caught on after 60 points. Yeah, this is bad coaching. He was benching Shangoon, early reports of that, put in Boban. Yeah. yeah. It's just a mess in Houston. Dame's been on a tear, dude. 40 points per game in the last, uh, I think, 18 games, 20 games. Shooting 40 from three, 96 from the line, and he's getting to the line consistently, so that's good. Shooting five threes a game. He's been on a tear. And uh, he's been fun to watch, dude. But hopefully he has a bad game tonight because the, the Pels need a win. Oh, yeah, it's March 1st. Yep, 9, nine o'clock, right? I think we pl- I think they play at 9. Should be a fun game. Dame, vers- Dame versus uh, CJ, even though CJ's been struggling. But I think this is where CJ's going to get his, his groove back. Going to play Dame. I think he's going to have a great game. And I think it'll just carry on from there. Not on Matisse. Oh, Matisse is going to be on BI for sure. All right, we got Cam. Yeah, but Matisse is a lot better defender. So I, I don't think that... Cam on CJ. Oh, yeah. You're right. All right, let's get into these standings. To start, I got the Rockets at 15. They're just... They're just not good. They're tanking for Wemmy. So I got them at the bottom. At 15, I also have the Houston Rockets because they already lost to the Spurs twice. And the Spurs were on a 16-game losing streak, but they finally got a dub yesterday. They did? They beat the Utah Jazz. Jeez. (laughs) Even with that crazy losing streak, they're not even the bottom team in the West. Yeah. And then this is pretty self-explanatory. I have the Spurs at 14. I mean... I'm assuming you do too. So I do. Yep. Let's get to the fun part. No offense, Spurs Nation. I will. Uh, I got the team that just lost to the Spurs last night. I got the Jazz at 13. They uh, they got rid of some of their best players to me with uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and he's showing how good he is on the Lakers. He's getting recognition now. But they still got some players to where I don't think they're going to be at the complete bottom, obviously. But I got them at 13. I think everyone above them. We'll have a better second half of the season. Oh, no, dude. Hopefully that's not like the East because I also have the Utah Jazz. Same reasons they got rid of Vanderbilt and Beasley. So obviously their scoring output goes down. But they exceeded my expectations this year. Like they blew Oh, big time. I thought they were going to be last. I thought they were going to be the worst team in the NBA. So it's honestly fine if they have some losing seasons because they are stacked on picks. No, yeah. Plus they have 
Lori to build around. They got Jordan Clarkson's a bucket. I mean, they got pieces, and then they got so many picks too. Walker Kessler is super underrated rookie this season. So, yeah, I got him at 13. I got the Blazers at 12. Don't hate me. <laughs> I just I think every team above them is just a little bit better because Dame's playing out of his mind, and you guys are still barely winning. So I think – I mean, you do have – on for any out right now. He's going to be out for a while, isn't he? Uh, there's no timetable on him. Also, Nurkic is out. Yeah, you're just dealing with injuries. So are the Pels, so I feel your pain. But yeah, I got him at 12. Uh, 12, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have an argument for the brightest future in the league. They're competing for a play-in spot right now with a younger average age than the Pittsburgh men's basketball team, and that's without Chet. But with that being said, I do believe that They'll miss a plan because they're just too inconsistent for me. One night they lose to the Houston Rockets, and the next night they put up like 150 points on them. You just can't be doing that. No, yeah, definitely. At number 11, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm sorry, Wolves fans. I had to put someone here. So the report from Shams on Carl Anthony Towns was that Wolves are hopeful that Towns will be ready to return to the court at some point during their final 10 to 15 games. So they don't even know when they're hopeful. Or they don't even know when they're coming back. They're just hopeful. So it's, I mean, it's hard to say they've been underwhelming when their best player has been out for so long. But I had higher hopes for them, at least, with the trade going in. And another quick note, they have the third toughest schedule in the league left. And they're not even being teams like they just They're not even being teams that they're supposed to. They just recently lost to the Hornets and Wizards. No, yeah, they're definitely a struggling team. I, I do like them there, I'm not going to lie. I have them a little bit higher, but that's just because Ant, and I love what Ant's doing this season, and I really hope Ant can get out of there. Because, I mean, he just he just came out and said, like, one thing that he's annoyed with of the NBA is that people sit out when they're, like, 80% healthy and not 100%. That's one thing I love because... Like I say all the damn time on this podcast, availability is the best ability. He's probably, he's their best player, in my opinion. And I don't think Cat and Gobert will ever work out. I think they play better when one of them is not on the court with the other. If anything, I think they should just run Gobert or Cat off of the bench. But you can't bench one of those caliber players. Yeah, because then Nas Reed wouldn't play. Yeah, and Nas Reed is really good, yeah. What number are we on again? We are on, did you say you're 11? No, I did not. I got the 11. Thunder. They have a very easy schedule coming up, and I just love. The Thunder always make it tough on their opponents. SGA, Isaiah Joe is hooping right now. Kenrick Williams will always consistently get you rebounds. He's your oldest player. Yeah, Josh Giddy. <laughs> Josh Giddy is a great facilitator. I mean, they just got a lot of pieces around them, young pieces. And they're just never an easy win. Every time I watch them, they always make it tough on teams. Who do you got at 10? Who do you got at 11? I said the T-Wolves. Oh, okay, my bad. I got the Lakers 10 because we just saw that LeBron is going to be out for a couple weeks. And I was telling you a couple of days ago that I didn't think the Lakers were going to move too far up in the standings because I just felt like they're so injury-prone that one one of their injuries was going to happen sooner rather than later. And two days later, we get a notification that Braun is out for several weeks. 
with his ankle. Yeah, that was bad. He heard it pop. No, yeah, that was bad. I saw him limping after the game. So, okay. so yeah, I think they're going to stay stand still at 10 till he gets back, but he's going to be out for almost the rest of this half of the season. Three weeks is a lot. There's only 20 games left. Yeah. So at 10, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. The obvious reason for them being here is health. They've been hit with the injury bug all year, but just like many other teams have. I mean, they have major talent. They would be way higher if they're fully healthy, but obviously they're not. They went on a huge losing streak in January. They finished their January record at 3-13. and So maybe if they did a little better in January and have them like the 6-7-8 range, but I think January left a dent in their season. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, if this doesn't show how big of an impact Zion Williamson has on the Pelicans, I don't know what will. Because this roster is still well-built, but the role players just aren't playing up to what they can. And Zion was making those role players look that good. He had them first in the West. First. And they're 10th after he's been out for a couple weeks. I mean, he is one of the biggest impacts, and I said this yesterday. And I don't know how you can disagree that he isn't one of the big, most impactful players in the NBA right now after looking at that. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they stay at 10 because I think he gets reevaluated in a couple of days, and more than likely he'll probably be out another week or two. And then Pels are also dealing with Larry Nance just got hurt. They're not playing Dyson for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't just send him to the G League if they're not going to play him. Why would you just let a 19-year-old rookie just rot on the bench? Top 10 pick, too. Yeah, top 10 pick. Jose, he just got injured. He'll be out for three weeks. I mean, Pels just get hit with the injury bug. They got to have the worst medical staff in the NBA, honestly. They just always seem to be injured. They also have injury-prone players, but still. All right. So, number nine. I have the T-Wolves. They have a hard schedule, but I am putting so much faith in Anthony Edwards that he can keep them in the playing spot, and I think he can with the way he's been playing this year. Gobert's stepping it up a little bit with the bigger role since Cat's been out. They don't have D'Lo anymore, so I know Ant's going to have way more of a control with the ball. Yeah, Mike Conley now. Yeah, and I think Mike Conley fits better, honestly. That way Ant can run the show. Mike Conley can do what he needs to get Ant the ball because D'Lo was taking a lot of shots away from him. So I think Mike Conley will be a better fit for that team. Obviously, he's not better than D'Angelo Russell, but I think he's a better fit. And their role players are really good. No, yeah. Hope Nikhil Alexander-Walker keeps getting minutes. 41% from three. My boy Nikhil, dude. He gets disrespected sometimes. He's a good player. Yeah. So at number nine, I have the Portland Trailblazers. Right now, they're half a game back of the 10 seat, so every game's important. Well, not just for them, but for every team in the West. Uh, at the deadline, they acquired Cam Reddish and Matisse Thybul, but in doing so, they gave up their best offenders and Gary Payton and Josh Hart. I just don't see a healthy Damian Lillard missing the playoffs. I know there's no facts behind that. Or no, yeah, I, you I hear just you. Call me biased or whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's my predictions. So no, when yeah. I get this right. It's you can't a- make a meme out of me like LeBron. <laughs> well, I knew Kobe was gonna score seventy. He has seventy. Might as well go for eighty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the LeBron meme. Never get old. 
at number eight, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. They won the deadline, in my opinion, for sure. They were on a three-game win streak, and they had the twenty. They do have the twenty-six hardest schedule left, so things are looking up for the worst team in Los Angeles. But I just got a notification tonight: the Lakers are playing the Thunder tonight, and they'll be without LeBron, AD, and D'Angelo Russell. So you were definitely right in uh, injury prone. Not yeah. wishing an injury on it. No, never. But they're you just an old point. team. Yeah, you can. You just gotta kind of expect it. So who's your eight seed? Before I say my eight seed, I just want to put this out there. Did you see the stat about Sadiq Bay? It's what? probably one of the craziest stats. What? So he's played six games. Guess how many head coaches he's played for in those six games? Six games, like on the Hawks. Six games total in the past six games. How many? Coaches, do you think he's played for? Uh, three. Four. Four. He's played for four coaches in six games. Two Hawks. So, three Hawks? played Dwayne Casey on, the on Detroit, and then uh, their interim coach, I, I can't remember, oh, it's like okay. John Prun- Prunty, I think is his name. Nate McMillan and Quinn And then Nate McMillan and Quinn Snyder. Oh, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's kind of insane to me. But to get back to our list, we're on number eight, correct? I got the Kings. And like I said, this might bite me in the butt. They have a really hard schedule. And like I said, injuries happen. So the West is so close that if they have one little injury to Fox or Monk or Sabonis, they can easily drop because they do not look like the same team when they're not fully healthy. They look actually really bad when they're not fully healthy. They just look lost. Yeah. Like when Fox... Yeah. Well, some teams are able to play without their stars. Like, look at Boston. They were able to win some games without Tatum last year. Grizzlies were able to win without Ja. It's just some teams just look lost without their stars. Obviously, everyone's going to look a little bit worse without their star players. But the Kings, I watched two games... Where Fox had a, he was having his kid, and they looked terrible. <laughs> they looked having his kid. Yeah, they looked so bad. I mean, it's fair to look bad without your stars, but not that bad. Like they look like a bottom, like a twelfth seed when he was out. I'm not wishing on an injury. I just think well, if one does happen, they can easily drop with how close the West is. Right. So who you got at the seven seed? seven i have the warriors curry's been out for a while but they have a pretty easy schedule you got the 16th easiest or yeah 16th easiest they're the seven seed right now correct if i'm not wrong i think they're actually the fifth seed they're on a three-game win streak oh they jumped up to the fifth yeah they jumped way up yeah i think they're just gonna i think they're gonna lose a couple more games without curry and then once he comes back i think they'll they'll just stay at where they're at so i think they'll finish in about the seventh seed that's what i'd say at seven, I have the Dallas Mavericks. I have them staying put because they're the seventh seed right now. They obviously did get a lot better with Kyrie Irving coming in, but it does make their defense worse at the same time. And I just don't see a world in where they get a lot higher in the standings, or and I don't see them in the plan either because they're just better than that. So I just put the perfect spot in here. Number six, I have the Golden State Warriors. 
all the reasons, like you said, I agree with. I mean, Curry has missed 23 games. Clay has missed 13 games. Andrew Wiggins missed 24 games. Draymond Green's missed a couple of games. But we all know if they're healthy, they can go back to back and win another championship. Easily. I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Warriors fan. Yeah. So who do you have at the six seed? At the six, I got the Pels. I mean, I think they're going to get Zion back. They can go on a little win streak, and they're right to the six seed. They have the 28th. They have, no, sorry. They have the 28th hardest schedule. They should be able to pull a six seed by the end of the season. They're at 10 currently, but they're only two games back from the six seed. And they're four games back from the four seed. So, like I was saying, Zion comes back, you get a fully healthy starting lineup, you go on a little win streak, you're right up there. And that goes with any team in the West. You go on a little win streak in the West, you're going to be golden. So, it, to me, the West is going to come down to the absolute last like two weeks. You go on a win streak in those last two weeks, you could jump from 12 to like 7 or 6. You could jump from out of the play-in to in the playoffs. And I think that's super exciting because that makes basketball even more interesting to watch with how close it's going to be. So I'm so excited to watch the West by the, at the end of the season. You think so? Or you think like uh, with Kevin Durant's debut today and Steph Curry's reevaluation? It is KD's debut. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped now. I'm saying like these players are coming back soon. You think it'll be farther apart in April? I really I don't. No. Just because... It's always been the top three seeds, and then the four to like 12. 12 has always been tight. It's usually a gap between the three and four. So I think I think the Suns will take three, and then it will. Yeah, but Steph Curry? It'll be super close. When Curry comes back? And Wiggins. I mean, honestly, they still didn't even look that good when Curry was healthy. We'll get Wiggins back. That kind of surprises me that Wiggins was out 24 games. I didn't know that. Yeah. He always seems like the guy who's always available for them. He's always playing. Yeah. Even on back-to-backs, he's always playing. So we're on the five seed, right? Yep. So the five seed, I do have the Sacramento Kings. I have them slipping two seeds down, but I really do like this team. Light the beam. They're a fun team to watch, and... If you don't like this team, you're just hating. No, literally. Last I'm not time. even trying to hate. I was just like No, yeah, I know. Predicting. Yeah. Last time they were this good, I was like two feet. Two feet? Yeah. When really? The first iPhone came out. You were two, two feet th- tall? Two thousand seven was uh the last time they made the playoffs. First iPhone was released. But anyway. First iPhone was released. I still probably have that iPhone. <laughs> I got this piece of shit phone, but they have the fifth toughest schedule left, and what makes me nervous is their defense. 29th in opponent shooting percentage and 25th in opponent's points per game. Now, I do have a question with the Kings before we get to your 5C. I have an answer. There was a report, I can't remember from who, but it was that, and I don't know if there's belief to this, it was that the Los Angeles Lakers are targeting to play the Kings in the West. Like, they want to play the Kings in the playoffs. Do you think every team is trying to do that? Because they're sort of like the odd team out. Like, you add them down at the eight seed, 
and they're just a younger team. Obviously, they haven't been here in like 16 or 17 years. So I just wanted to hear your take on that. Yeah, I would want to play them because experience is a huge thing when it comes to playoffs. So I would definitely want to play them over probably any team that's going to make the playoffs. Or, yeah, other than, like, the play-in teams, like, I would rather play the T-Wolves. I would rather play the Lakers. I would rather play probably Timberwolves and Lakers were the two teams. Right. I don't know why the Lakers would want to play them. Kings are way too quick for that team. So it was according to NBA insider Brian Windhorse. He said the Lakers know exactly who they want in the playoffs if they can get there. He said the reason that Darvin Ham is talking about the six seed is that they're targeting the Kings because they're the three seed right now. Okay. And he just said they're an inexperienced team. That's the dream scenario if you're a Laker fan. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to me, <laughs> dream scenario. Yeah. If there's any team I, want, I think the Lakers would want to play, it would probably be us. Probably be the Pels. Yeah. Because their biggest issue has been three-point shooting. So if they go against a team who's also struggled with three-point shooting, I think that would be the best option. I don't think they could keep up with the Kings at all. Right. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So who you got at the – are you on the five seed? Yeah. I got the Mavs. Two spots away. That's not bad. Yeah. They just have the easiest schedule in the league the rest of the season. So I just had to put them top five. Plus, I, will, I did say I don't think Kyrie and Luke is going to work. But that's come playoff time mainly. I think they can easily squeak out these easy wins the rest of the season and be at five spot. Yeah, even winning without John Morant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's the good part, the juicy part. The juicy part. <laughs> number four seed, who do you have? The best team in Los Angeles, the Clippers. Why is that? Kawhi's back, dude. He looked, he looked like he was back. I mean, you got PG and Kawhi. That by itself is already insane. The defense is unbelievable. You acquire Westbrook, who looks really comfortable on that team. And you get Eric Gordon, solid off the bench. I mean, they're just a well-built team. And Ty Lue is an amazing coach. I don't know how you can't like Ty Lue. One of the best in-game adjusting coaches. So, yeah, I had to put him top four. That's not bad at all. I like that. At number four, I have the Phoenix Suns. We obviously know they got Kevin Durant in a trade, but... They did? This team is... Wait, wait, wait. They got Kevin Durant? Yeah. I didn't know that. This team is pretty (laughs) injury-prone compared to the rest, but I have them staying in the four seed. It definitely wouldn't shock me if they ended up higher, though, like the first or second seed. But some of their pickups were pretty underrated, like Kevin Durant. And Terrence Ross. Dude, the KD one was very underrated. Yeah, but Terrence Ross? Yeah, he's a bucket, dude. I don't know why people were sleeping on that. Yeah, that's on, extremely. On that pickup, yeah. Yeah, that's extremely underrated to me. Joshua Kobe's like the greatest. TJ Warren's super underrated as well. It's coming out of that trade, no one really talked about him because it was Kevin Durant mainly. But yeah. TJ Warren is a bucket off the bench for sure. Yeah, they'll be super fun to watch when they're fully healthy and one of the favorites to come out of the West. Most definitely. At number three, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. They're currently the second seed right now. They didn't 
make any big moves at the deadline, but they made the right moves, in my opinion. Yep, Luke Kennard. I think that was a super small but good pickup because they just need some deep shooting, and he's one of the best shooters in the league. Right, they're 24th and three-point percentage, so obviously that's going to help them there. And I also have them up here because they play both sides of the ball like really well. They're first in opponent's shooting percentage and top 10 in both points per game and opponent's points per game. So when you got both sides of the ball clicking, that's just a recipe for success. Exactly. I also have the Hoodlands at three. So everything you said, they're just they can play they can play all different types of defense too, and that's what makes them so good. They can run Adams at the five and run that big five, or they can put in Brandon Clark and run a small ball five. You could just run Jaron at the center and run an even smaller five. I mean, they they just have so many defensive schemes that they could run. Dylan Brooks is super pesty. Super pesty. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, on defense, he's annoying to go against. He gets in your face. He talks a lot of shit. So I hate that dude. See Did you, last I was literally going to bring that up. I mean, who does he think he is? Stone Cold Steve Austin? Like, what is he doing? That had to be one of the ugliest fits. Actually, I'm sorry. Kyle Kuzma took that with the airbag suit. Do you remember that one? Yeah. The airbag. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. But, yeah, they're a really good team. They're very well built, and they're going to run the West for a while with the Pels. They fine in the West. They fine in the West. They're like 18 and 16 in the West. Like, how are you going to say you're fine in the West and barely be above 500? If you're on that side, stay on that side. Yeah. They don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> they got to stop letting Malik Andrews interview Jaw. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you have at the two seed? The two seed, I have the Phoenix Suns. Because you add KD, you are shooting up in that standings to me. KD's number two player in the league, in my opinion. Top three, actually. I'll say top three. Um. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to guard that team. Devin Booker is already hard enough to guard, and then you had Kevin Durant. Are you kidding me? And then they can kick it down to DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's a beast. Then you got the point guard, too. I mean, they're unbelievable. Just thinking about them is already insane, but when I watch them tonight, is is everyone playing? Is D-Book CP3? Do you know? I'm not sure. Let me think. If they are, I'm so excited for tonight because... I mean, they play the Hornets first off. Yeah. I just had to get that out. Yeah. <laughs> Got to put that out. But, yeah, I'm super excited to watch this game. And I don't know how you can be excited, especially if you're a true NBA fan. This is going to be a super fun night to watch. I mean, I'm excited for the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Af- after it's about 30 to 10. I mean, Lamelo Ball is out. P.J. Washington's out. Yeah, dude, that sucks. The Ball brothers just can't stay healthy. Yeah. They're so talented. I wanted to ask you this. Who do you think's better, LaMelo or Alonzo? Um, I would go with LaMelo because your favorite saying. But um, I mean, he's not available a lot. More than Lonzo. More than Lonzo, yeah, but Lonzo's always out. I mean, he's yeah. dealing with an injury that the doctors don't even know yeah, that's how, my point. how to fix. Yeah. So. But, yeah, people always say LaMelo. Here, here's a hard question. Do you think LaMelo's a better passer or Alonzo? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, I can't pick. They both got the same DNA, literally. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I think LaMelo is a flashier passer. 
but Lonzo's a better passer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, that's not a bad take at all. They're yeah. Exceptional passers. Yeah. Well, Melo's just way more fun as far as how he makes his passes. Yeah. I hope both of them get healthy soon. No, yeah, seriously. It's super fun to watch. Um, at number two seed, I do have the Los Angeles Clippers. Love it. Me too. <laughs> I hope I hope you do. I mean, you put them there. Cap. <laughs> I love what they did at the deadline, getting Russell Westbrook. Like you said, he looks comfortable out there. And Eric Gordon's another vet. They got Mason Plumley for size. And they got Bones Highland. Although Bones would go from DNPs to DNPs, but he finally got in against the Nuggets uh, a couple nights ago. And I feel like Russell Westbrook is playing like what they wanted from John Wall when they brought him in. No, yeah, definitely. They're going to be really tough to stop this this playoffs. And at the number one seed, we both have the same team. Let's say it together, the Denver Nuggets. I don't know how you can't have them at one. They even have an easy schedule. And when you have the more than likely three-time MVP, you're going to be the number one seed. Yeah, they've had the one seed for a while now. Yeah, I mean, the Pels did have it, and then Zion got hurt. But I won't. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. It's okay. (laughs) All righty. Those are our West predictions. Let us know what you guys think. Now to get into our award predictions. This should be fun. You want to start with the the top dog, MVP, or do you want to start and lead it up to the MVP? Let's say we lead it up to the MVP. All right. Let's just start with Coach of the Year then. Let's get this one out of the way. I got Doc Rivers. He is 39-19 and record, third in the East right now. And this is while... Joel has missed 12 games. Harden's missed 16. Maxie's missed 19. He hasn't had his star players a lot of this season, and he's still making it work. He's a really good defensive-minded coach, and how, however I don't think he uses Embiid right like we talked about yesterday, but that's just one flaw, and you're not going to down a coach just off of one little flaw. I think he's a great coach, and I think he should definitely be coach of the year. I like that. At Coach of the Year, I have Mike Brown, coach of the Sacramento Kings. You just lighten the beam big time today. <laughs> you were turning it all the way up. <laughs> I extinguished that beam. <laughs> uh, first year head coach, turning a losing franchise for like close to 20 years into a top team today. So what he's done with that team is incredible to me. Definitely, yeah. Was it, is this his second year or is this his first? This is first year. That is that's the, even more impressive. Yeah, yeah. He was with the Warriors yeah. last year. Yeah, shout out to him. He's having a great coaching year. Let's do uh, rookie of the year now. I think it's undisputed. Paulo Bencaro. I mean, he's averaging twenty a game, seven rebounds, four assists. He's not shooting the greatest splits, but he's the first pick for a reason. He's making this below average magic lineup look like a possible playing spot he brings a spark to the team offensively and defensively he's super fun to watch he uses he doesn't play like a rookie he uses his body so well and he's bullying these guys in the paint who are grown men and he is 20 years old so I don't see any other player getting rookie there besides Paulo yeah 
I would have to agree with that for sure. My rookie of the year is Paul Mancara. I wish the race was closer, though, so I could show some love to guys like Walker Kessler, Keegan. We could still show love. They're having great years. But in the Paul's, race, I mean. No, yeah, definitely. Jalen Williams. They're all great rookies. This is a good rookie class. Jalen, yeah. Which one? They got two of them. <laughs> the 12th pick. The 12th pick, yeah. Not the one from Arkansas. For most improved player, I think we have the same one, Larry Markinen. Yep. I don't see anyone else winning this award. Yeah, he's up like he's up like nine points per game, and his field goal percentage is up six percent. His threes up six percent. I mean, yeah, he's he's just been great this year, and he's been he's finally hit his potential from what we knew he could possibly be if he just stayed healthy when he was in Chicago. We always knew he was good, but he finally has bl- blossomed into what he can be. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be this good. I didn't think he'd be this good either. Crazy. I mean, this dude's balling, but yeah, let's uh, let's do six man. Who's your six man? I got Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's averaging 15, 4, and 4, shooting 50% from the field, and he's leading the league in three-point percentage at 46%. He plays backup perfectly on the number one team in the east and i don't think anyone's even close to six man of the year besides maybe russ but his his splits are not very good so i think malcolm's got it in the bag well i'm gonna go with the interesting one they might have an argument over this i'm gonna go with tyrese maxi for six man of the year i do like that i just think he's been hurt too much yeah he's played 41 games so that could go against him but 20 points a night, uh, third best team in the East, 45% from the field, 38% from three. He's doing well with that second unit. This doesn't pertain to second man of the year, but like for his development, it just shows he can run with the second unit, and that's crazy good. I would definitely pay him if I was Philadelphia 76ers, no question. Oh, yeah, he's he'll get paid for sure. I don't, I don't see how you get rid of him. And he doesn't even play that much off the bench now. They, we'll see if they'll start him in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. But he's excelling off the bench. No, definitely. For Defensive Player of the Year, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis Grizzlies. First-time All-Star, league leader in blocks, hence the nickname Block Panther. Block Panther, that's hard. <laughs> that's a fire nickname. Yeah, for real. I didn't even know that. His presence is so impactful. Like, even if... He isn't guarding the player with the ball, and he's in the paint. You don't want to drive. Exactly. So who you got for defensive player of the year? I have Jaron Jackson. The What he does on the defensive side of the ball, and he still averages 17, shoots like 35% from three, which is respectable. But his defensive side of the ball, I mean, he's averaging three blocks. He has 103 defensive rating. And that's leading the Grizzlies to a top three defensive rating at 109. Top three in the league. He's six in the entire NBA in plus minus. When he's on the floor, the Grizzlies have outscored opponents by 288 points. That's insane. He's third, yeah, he's, uh, he's third in total blocks. Only eight blocks behind Brooke and Claxton, who are the two other players in defensive player that you're running. So, the fact he's only eight blocks behind him after missing an entire month is insane to think about. And I saw this stat, and I thought this was unbelievable. Players shoot 15% worse at the rim against Jaron Jackson Jr. 
That's crazy. 15. That's insane. Wow. You do not want to take it in on him. And they also shoot 48% worse from six feet from the basket. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, his impact is unbelievable. When the when he was hurt, the Grizzlies were 20th in the league defensively. They're third now since he's come back. Well, they've they're they've been first since he's come back, but now they're third. Yeah, I don't think there's a a debate. I think Jaron Jackson has it in the bag. But I do want to give a shout out to Brooke Lopez because he's been amazing this year. He's been the third guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. He stepped up while Middleton's been out. He's been shooting very good percentage from three, which is what they need to give Giannis the room in the paint. And he's been a block machine as well. And then, yeah, Claxton's also been very great, but I just think Jaron Jackson's got it in the bag. I like that take. How did Marcus Smart win it last year? That caught me off guard. That was crazy. I don't know. I know he had a really amazing season, but... That was the first guard to win it since Gary Payton. Gary Payton? Yeah. Yeah. First I mean, Marcus Smart's the, be- <laughs> the best defender, or guard defender perimeter. Him and Drew are top top three, yeah. easily. But they just usually don't give it to guards. So. No, yeah, it was, it was honestly kind of weird. So, we got MVP. The final one, yep. You start us off. I got Jokic. I mean, I think he's going to win back-to-back-to-back. Averaging 25, 12, 10 assists. Shooting an unbelievable 63% from the field, 40% from three. He's only missed eight games. He makes his team so much better. I mean, Aaron Gordon, listen to this. Aaron Gordon's having his best year with 17 points per game on 60% from the field, 40% from three, which is a career high. Before he started playing with Jokic, his career high was 18 points per game. But that was on 45% from the field and 33 from three. Damn. The Nuggets are below 500 when Jokic doesn't play. He's that, he makes that big of an impact. I mean, there's obviously players in the running such as Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Luka. But I just think Jokic is just too good of a player as far as how he helps his team. He's got the number one seed in the West. I didn't even add that. He just has so much to add as to why he should be the MVP. For MVP, I'm going to make things interesting. I have Jason Tatum taking the MVP trophy home. JT? 30 points a night, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal. I mean, they've been the first team in the East for so long. They just got caught up. This is a bad time to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. See now. But 46. Oh, the Bucks passed them? Yeah, because yeah. they lost. Yeah, the Bucks are off, what, 14 game? 15. 15. Jeez. Yeah. They're on they're on a tear. I don't hate that. I actually really like Tatum. I think he could definitely win MVP, but he's gonna have to step it up a little bit more. Just a little bit more. If he wants to get it over Jokic. Yep. So all we got left is hot take, right? Yep. Hot take of the day. The Kings are gonna fall out of the playoffs after the hot start. He guards the best player night in, night out. Damian Lillard will finish with the scoring title. The Rockets are never going to be successful with Jalen and KPJ, and they need to build around the champion. The New Orleans Pelicans will fall one spot short behind the Portland Trailblazers for the last playing spot. Damian Miller will be second for MVP. I'm going to say that James Harden will be a Houston Rocket next season. You want to start us? So for my hot take, I have these... 
Philadelphia 76ers blowing it all up after the season. Blowing it up? Yep. Like, wh- let me let me hear what you mean by blowing yeah. up, getting rid of Embiid. So, I don't think they're going to win the championship this year. And I know that is sort of another hot take in this. But, I mean, I feel like there's better teams out there and they haven't proved anything to me yet. Um, they're free agents, James Harden, Shake Milton, Yang. Those are some of their best players. Why does Niang not play as much? Do you notice that? He doesn't play a lot, and he's a really good shooter that could be off the bench. Yeah, I'm not sure. He might be gone next season then. And the big one is James Harden. Been hearing reports go to Houston and other teams. Shout out to Nate Shell. He was talking about that on the last pod. So, yeah, I think uh, he'll leave. These other guys will leave, and then I think they will trade Joel Embiid and then just restart the process. That is a hot take. I kind of like that one. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you a rebuttal question. Please go to Portland, Embiid. <laughs> where do you think Embiid will go? Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and if no, and where he goes, what do you think would be for? Let's see. Just come up with something on the spot. What would you say? Where do you think he could get traded to, and what would it be for? Oh, like in return the value? Yep. Definitely three to four to five first round picks for sure. From where? I mean, damn near every team in the league. Besides <laughs> the Nuggets, Heat, Jazz. Yeah, I would say the Nuggets, Heat, the Bucks, the Celtics, Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Pels. Probably, probably just those teams. Yeah. What would you think of him on the Raptors? Damn, that would be scary. That would be OP. Damn. <laughs> They'd probably have to give up OG, Pascal, you think? Probably OG, Pascal, and four first-rounders. It'll be tough with the Raptors because half their team's free agents, but for the sake of the Sixers fans, I hope he doesn't leave, and uh, I hope James Harden doesn't leave. But I don't know. It's not been working out. They can prove me wrong this year for sure. Third in the East, you got it. their coach as coach of the year. But that is my hot take. Yeah. All right, my hot take is that the Mavs will not make it past the second round. They do not have very good defense, and that is a huge thing when it comes to playoffs. The intensity picks up big time. Everyone's picking up full court, half court. The intensity of playoffs, and that's why playoffs is so fun to watch because it the intensity – like triples if you ever notice everyone's picking up half court and that's why the playoffs is so exciting and what player is gonna do that for the Mavericks before it could have been Finney Smith your guy Josh Green Josh (laughs) Green yeah um but no I don't I don't see them making it past second round with that defense and they're gonna have too much iso ball they're one and four right now with Kyrie and Luka so, not a great start. And they haven't been against the most insane teams. Yeah, they just lost to the Pacers last night. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're the number one team, ISO ball, and getting Kyrie is going to make that they're going to stay at the number one team, ISO ball. So, I just don't see them making it past second round. And here's an, a, a bonus to the hot take. I could see them getting bounced in the first round. That's a lot. That's a hot take I like to hear. Yeah. Switch to that. Yeah, I could see them getting bounced in the first round. I like that. So, 
I really wouldn't be surprised. Let's talk about Christian Wood for a second. His production has dipped all the way down. I mean, I really don't blame the Mavs. He takes really bad shots. He had, he plays zero defense. He can't stay on the court because he fouls consistently. But he can shoot the hell out of the ball when he's on the court. So I don't, I don't blame him for the shots he takes, but I also don't blame them for limiting his minutes. I mean, he was scoring like tw- in the 20s consistently in uh, January. Now, last couple games, he's had 12 points, 14, 16, 17, 6 points. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. But hopefully for the Mavericks' sake, he Kyrie. increases his production. Kyrie just mess- messed up the whole flow. I guess, yeah. he's also He also got 18 minutes last night, so it's hard to do at a limited role. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't mind that hot take at all. Yeah. And then, just to add this before we end it, you see Josh Hart, what he's done to that Knicks team, dude? Yeah. Yeah. What are they, 6-0 since he's since he's gotten traded? And we're not obviously not going to say it's all Josh Hart, but that team is just meshing so well with him in the lineup. And the Blazers have their pick. Keep going. Yeah, so I don't know. I think he's, like I said, I think he's a perfect fit for New York, and they can maybe make a little bit of a run in in the playoffs. Who knows? They just beat Boston. They look really good right now. Yeah, they do. They torched the Pels. They did not miss a three. Yeah, that team is really good. They had a good big three and good supporting cast. Yeah, definitely. Good coach. Yeah, I think that's I think that can wrap up the pod. So stay tuned for the next episode and uh make sure you follow our social medias. We just recently created a new TikTok at Between the Lines. Is that right? Um let me check. We got our quick. Twitter and Instagram at Between the Lines. That's three in between and one for the L one N E S for the Instagram and Twitter. We'll be posting our podcast there, so make sure you stay tuned. And that TikTok we got. Yeah, the TikTok is between the lines 23, all lowercase. And, uh, yeah, we'll be posting clips of of our podcast on our TikTok. And also, we might just post games that we found interesting. You never know. But, yeah, follow our socials and uh, peace.